Hey, it's Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the iHemp Revolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? My guest today is Jim Savage of Greenbuilt LLC. Greenbuilt works with architects, builders, visionaries, and others in the Hudson Valley, New York, and throughout the Northeast to build a vibrant, sustainable regional economy. Their goal is to reduce carbon emissions improve resiliency, and to create sustainable, lasting industries. They're all about sustainable building, committed to community, the region, and the planet. They believe there's a better way to build and a healthier way to live. So James, or should I say, Jim. Yeah, you could say Jim. Welcome to the IHAMP Revolution. (laughs) Thank you, Coach Freddie. Thanks for having me on. Well, great to have you. Jim, can you give us a little more background about yourself and how you got started and just why industrial hemp? Sure. Uh, I spent most of my life uh, taking care of my family, taking care of myself. And then around 2005, actually, it was exactly 2005 when Katrina hit New Orleans, I could see the impact of it on people's lives, the mold in people's homes that destroyed so many homes, the people living in FEMA trailers for years after, uh, I felt I had to do something. Um, I didn't do it, though. I continued to live my life. And then in 2010, when the Haiti earthquake happened and people were buried under their homes, I said, now I got to stop doing everything else and start concentrating on making the world a better place. Um, I went to Europe soon after that uh, looking for a building material that wouldn't fall down on people, that wouldn't get moldy, uh, that wouldn't uh, cause carbon emissions, and that wouldn't be toxic. Um, I found on the web uh, something about hempcrete and ended up going to Europe for a uh, hemp building uh, seminar in Spain. Uh, It blew my mind. There was so much going on in Europe. There was so much positive about it, and I thought, why can't we do this here? There had been a couple of buildings built here. Uh, Tim Callahan um, and others in Asheville had started using uh, hempcrete, but it was not widely known. In fact, it's still not widely known. Um, And I felt like I could actually bring this somewhere. Uh, At first, I didn't think I was going to do it in the United States. I went to the third world. I tried to get it into Haiti. I tried to get it into other places. And I think what happened was that it was much harder than I expected it to be. I thought hemp could be the center of sustainable economic development in developing countries that could help revive Haiti. It could help revive places in, uh, in West Africa that were underdeveloped, uh, where people were living in very poor conditions and where they were importing most of their materials rather than growing them and building them themselves. 
but because the USDEA had such long tentacles here in the, the Americas, and out of internal issues regarding uh, economic development, uh, civil society uh, in Africa, it became apparent after a while that it was going to be much more difficult than I thought it would be. I tried a pilot project in West Africa, and in the middle of it, there was a coup, and the people who were involved in the agriculture uh, left the project. So we were left with nothing. At about that time, you were starting to see changes in the United States, changes that were driven really by the cannabis industry and by the move toward legalization of cannabis. And it's in this case, this is the caboose uh, following the locomotive of cannabis. And it seems kind of backwards since industrial hemp has almost no THC. And as I like to say, you could smoke a telephone pole out of it and it would not do anything other than give you a headache. I brought it back here. I said, I'm going to come back home and I'm going to try to do it at home because things were changing here. Um, And it took a while for me to figure out exactly what I was going to do. I knew that up here in the Hudson Valley, we have, and and throughout the Northeast, we have thousands and thousands of old buildings uh, in need of retrofit so that they will be energy efficient. We have problems with uh, climate change. So Hurricane Sandy destroyed thousands and thousands of structures. And New York City actually at this point is saying that they want to build buildings that are resilient and that are zero energy. And they're looking and uh, really making a move toward reducing energy consumption in buildings. So I decided, let's do this here in the Northeast. And uh, I don't think that there's a better place on earth than east of the Mississippi River in the United States to build with hemp, honestly, because one of the things that's so great about hempcrete is that it is a, um, it's a breathable material. It takes humidity out of the uh, indoor atmosphere in the summer. It puts more into the indoor atmosphere in the winter. And we've got a very humid environment here in the Northeast. It's very cold in the winter. It's very hot in the summer. And it's very humid in the summer. When you, uh, I guess in the West, you don't use air conditioning to dehumidify. But anywhere in the East, whether it's in Louisiana or North Carolina or Maine, Anytime you use air conditioning, the principal thing you're trying to do is take humidity out of the atmosphere. And hempcrete does it naturally. So I started, I started by uh, retrofitting my own home, which is an old 1850 brick house on the Hudson River. And have found that the rooms that I did, I didn't do the whole thing, but the rooms that I did are just more comfortable and are, when there's a problem in the building, uh, they actually heal themselves in ways that the uh, other, other parts of the house made with other materials don't do. So here I am uh, at this point working uh, with, a, with a bigger and bigger team trying to introduce hempcrete, hemp lime building materials into this region a region where, you know, from one one day's drive from where we live here in the Albany area, 
there's 150 million people. So it's a pretty big market here, uh, as big as England, France, and Germany combined. That's fantastic. So I'd like to talk about, uh, you mentioned uh, the toxic materials in homes uh, and buildings in America. And can you elaborate on that a little bit and just tell our audience about some of the toxic materials that we don't know about? Well, I'll tell you about one in particular and try to compare this with hemp lime. Uh, spray foam insulation, which actually is considered to be a green building material because it's very highly insulative, has very high R value, uh, but it's based on petroleum. It's made with what are called isocyanates, which are toxic. Um, it uses hydrocarbon blowing agents, which are very potent global warming chemicals, and it uses flame retardants, and those are very persistent toxins. So if, if a building insulated with spray foam catches on fire, firemen don't put it out because it off-gasses tremendously. It's very dangerous. So if you see somebody putting in foam plastic insulation, they're wearing a, uh, a hazmat suit. When people put in hempcrete as insulation, hemp lime as insulation, I have to warn them that they have to use some safety measures, that they have to wear gloves, that they have to wear uh, eye covering, because they think that it's completely nothing, but it does have the lime in it, which is actually a superb material in many ways, but which is pretty caustic because it has very high pH. Uh, so I will concentrate on foam plastic insulation. You can also look at uh, most paints have uh, have toxins in them. They are they off gas toxic chemicals when you when you put them in. They won't necessarily continue to be toxic, but over time, you're going to find that people, and I've seen this with, with children today, with, with families today, having many more problems with asthma, with uh, cancer, with other real problematic uh, health issues that are caused by their buildings, that are caused by the homes that they live in. And we should be living in homes that are healthy, that are safe, that are non-toxic, and a hempcrete house is just that. Yes, it's a sustainable building, I know. And can you tell us a little bit about your venture in hemp homes? Sure. Uh, a while back, I thought that it was very important to show to the building community, and particularly to the green building community, that building with hemp was a superior way of building that it was a way of building, again, that would be uh, non-toxic. It could meet all of the needs of, of carbon reduction that the green building world is concerned with, and that it's a natural material. And one of the really interesting things, there's a, there's a group called the U.S. Green Building Council, which does a lot of very good work, and what they do is they certify buildings uh, to be green. One of, the, uh, one of the criteria they have is for uh, 
rapidly renewable materials and less than 1% of the buildings that are certified green by the U.S. Green Building Council have rapidly renewable materials in them. There's nothing more rapidly renewable than hemp. It grows in 12 weeks. It uh, sequesters carbon. And, and, and the next year you can, you can grow another crop. Uh, so we decided that it was important to really show the community of builders and the community of developers, the community of homeowners throughout this region in the Northeast that there is a better way to build. And so I went to uh, some people that I was friendly with or knew and, um, and got a team together. Uh, Christina Griffin, who is our lead architect on, on Hemp Home Tiny Plus. We're about to actually launch a Kickstarter campaign for Hemp Home Tiny Plus. Uh, it's a 500-square-foot house that is going to burn no fossil fuels, even here in the Northeast. Uh, it is beautifully designed by Christina Griffin. She is an award-winning architect based in Westchester, New York. And she is also a passive house professional. So we're designing it to what's called passive house standards. And a passive house standard is something where you're going to not need to use active heating and cooling. Uh, it's uh, airtight and hempcrete is very good for airtightness because it's a monolithic material. It's not a material that today when you build a house, even when you build a greenhouse, you're going to find that most of the walls have four, five, six different uh, layers to them. But with a hempcrete wall, you don't need to do that. It's really just one layer, and that's the hemp, the hemp and the lime. Uh, it is held up by uh, a frame, and it does have to be finished, uh, interior and exterior, but it's essentially one continuous material. We had Christina said that she would design this building for us. I went to Tim Callahan because Tim is, as you know, Coach Freddie, probably the leading uh, expert in hemp building in the United States. Yes. And Tim Callahan did, suggest, did say that he would give us technical advice and uh and consult with us on everything having to do with the use of the hemp. And so he has been doing that. And we also went to Ken Levinson, who is the head of New York Passive House and a distributor of green building materials, who is very opposed to using toxic materials in safe and energy efficient houses. And Ken is also helping us with materials pairing, with how we finish the house, with how we uh, put in the windows and how we put in what's called a heat recovery ventilation system, which will actually uh, allow us to have continuous fresh air in the house. Uh, and again, not use a furnace, even up here in the Hudson Valley. We are going to be putting in solar panels and the solar panels will provide all of the energy we need even though we are going to be grid connected this is 
the team we put together, and we have a, we have builders right here in the Hudson Valley. So we have in Catskill, New York, Nick Zakos and a team of green builders have said that they are going to be building this house. We're starting. Uh, hopefully, we're going to build it and have it ready to show people completed this summer. We're launching the Kickstarter campaign before the end of March. So it's really close. Um, and this is something that we're looking at as, as a prototype to show people this can be done. You can build beautiful houses that, that eventually are going to be as cheap as anything else, uh, less expensive, and over the lifespan of the, of the building will save a huge amount of money and at the same time protect the health of the residents. So this is going to happen this summer. This is, and, and we are looking to build more and more hemp houses um, from our, our design partners, Christina, Tim, and others are providing us with additional designs for next generation products. And we're also developing a panelization process so we can make these homes faster and cheaper than we're making them today. Well, that's great. You know, in fact, I am going to be on the IHAMP Revolution Roadshow this summer up in the Northeast, and I would love to come and visit and spend some time while you guys are building this house and uh, kind of document it and interview everybody up there. That'd be a great project. How much would I love that? You're, you're invited. Great. And uh, we'll make arrangements uh, in a time and everything else. Yeah, we're going to be building it in Catskill, New York. Great. I'm going to be leaving from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, too, so I'll be up there. So it's not that far. Nope. Jim, are you focusing on building new or refurbishing old structures? Because you mentioned you had a lot of old structures, and I know all around these, there's tons of old structures. There are tons of old structures, and we think actually... Actually, we don't think this. We know this. There is no existing material other than hemp line that can really insulate these old masonry buildings, particularly the brick and stone buildings, mm-hmm. and maintain the way they looked historically and make them energy efficient. There's nothing else that does that. We are uh, distributing materials to people who will be doing uh, retrofits. Uh, We actually have a couple of projects that we are expecting to do this summer, expecting to start this summer of retrofits. We think that uh, there is a huge market for that, and that market is going to grow as we get better known. So not just people's homes, but I look at all the institutional buildings and all the universities in the Northeast, and... Every, build, every university in the Northeast, every university across the country pretty much has what's called a sustainability plan. And their sustainability plans say, we're going to put in more efficient furnaces. We're going to put in uh, toilets that use less water. We're going to put in solar panels. And very few of them have been able to figure out how are we going to take these beautiful old, old stone buildings we have and make them energy efficient by insulating them. Once we show that this can be done, and once we get it certified across the region and in the United States, 
we think that there's going to be a very, very big market for that in institutional buildings, in industrial buildings, and in residences across the Northeast. Wow, that's a great vision. I love that. Let's talk about your vision, the future of hemp and hempcrete in your building. Where do you see your business in three years from now? Three years from now, mm -hmm. I see myself starting to, at this point, I am, uh, I am purchasing my hemp from Europe. Three years from now, I can see myself starting to get American hemp. That's going to reduce my costs. Mm -hmm. I see myself having certification for my materials, which will allow building departments all over the country to just check a box and say, this is good. We can use this. I expect that we will have builders who understand how to build with, without vapor barriers, with vapor permeable or breathable materials, because hemp lime is a breathable material. It allows moisture to come in and out of the, out of the building in, in the water vapor. And uh, I think that we will be teaching people that. Uh, we will be selling prefabricated houses. We will be selling prefabricated panels. And we will be selling raw materials to builders and to uh, contractors across the, uh, across the eastern United States. So your panels, um, they'll be made out of hemp then, right? Our panels will be made out of, right now, a structural insulating panel. The way it's produced today, it's made out of styrofoam. Okay. And we're going to be making it out of hemp. Okay. What that does is, first of all, it'll last forever instead of lasting 20 years. Secondly, uh, it's going to be carbon sequestering from the day that it's made. And uh, third, at the end of its life, if there is an end of life, I mean, right now with the end of life of, of, of styrofoam, I don't know what happens. I guess this goes into the ocean with the rest of it into the, that giant gyre in the Atlantic and the giant gyre in the Pacific. Um, where plastic sits forever. Uh, this is, uh, I see this as being a way of, of taking what is an existing building technique and making it into a sustainable building technique. This is fantastic. I love your mission, Jim. Now, we've covered quite a bit here. Is there anything else that you would like to bring up about your business? Well, I'm going to just repeat one thing, which is, we are. We want everybody to know about Hemp Home Tiny Plus. We want to. Uh, we want you to look at the at the images of the of the house as we've designed it so far. We want you to go on the Kickstarter site and look at it and really begin to understand what we're trying to accomplish. Um, and if you have the wherewithal, folks, please help us out in funding it and funding the development that's going to get us from here to the next level and to get to the point where we do have this real sustainable business that, and coach Freddie, let me just say, I know that New York, Connecticut, 
Vermont even, or a little bit behind Kentucky and Colorado in terms of, in terms of hemp development at this point. But long-term, what we see is that we really want to have uh, a sustainable economy in every region of this country. And so what we want to do here is we want to be able to grow our hemp here, process it here, and use it here to build our own homes. Um, and that's where I see things going. It's probably not going to be there in the next three years, but in the next five I don't doubt that we're going to be able to do this regionally. So, Jim, I want to really thank you for being a guest on the IHAMP Revolution. Well, thank you for having me. It's really been a pleasure. And I look forward to you visiting us and walking through the house as we build it and seeing what we're doing because it's going to be really an exciting event. Well, great. And I'm looking forward to that also. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And make sure that you subscribe to the iHemp Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review. Follow us on Facebook.com forward slash Revolution, And then like us and tell your friends. And help spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. So this is your host, Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them. And thanks for joining the IHAMP Revolution.